Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Hook them up with he and Rod P. Brought to you by Bud Light on the Horn. Yeah, wet and rainy commute this morning here in the ATX and really beyond. If you're north of Austin up into Williamson County, up towards Waco, Dallas, it's just raining. Long line of storms moving from the uh, west to the northeast, southwest to the northeast. And it's a tornado. There was a tornado out near, not far from here, Rod. (laughs) Mustang Ridge out towards the airport. Be careful out there. Sighted on the ground tornado, but that has passed. So be careful out there. Be careful. Um, It'll be a wet one. But uh, busy Thursday for sure. I did repost the Matthew McConaughey, Camilla McConaughey video, Rod. It'll give you a nice little thrill in the morning. Yeah. It's your blood what that's like for a, a guy and a female to be riding the, the vibrations of a motorcycle with no pants on. Uh, Bare sure. ass. Sure, Is that a sensation? Very different sensations for, for, <laughs> for the ladies and for the dudes there. Hey now, yeah. Uh, I was a, as a dude, I don't know if I'd be enjoying that as much. You know. Also, reposted the uh, the penis clad Halloween costume guy being escorted out of the Sam Houston State ball game. Where do you get a penis costume? I guess you can Amazon. order it online. Amazon. Get anything you need online. That's, That's the next right. bet. Someone has to do a show in a penis uh. costume. <laughs> <laughs> or go walking around the mall. Yeah. Uh, hey, so far on the program, we've talked about Michigan, what the Big Ten should be doing immediately, and uh, had some good conversations about that. Also, the Longhorns landing Ryan Wingo, five-star wide receiver. Rod watched all the films, and this guy's a big-time player. Uh, you think he may be able to play next year immediately, helping to uh, replace yeah, Longhorns are likely to lose their top four ball catchers. I believe Justin Wells said he's, he's going to be an early enrollee. Okay, that's big. Um, and you know that, that usually helps guys get on the field, and we know all the top pass catchers are leaving. Yeah. I mean, X-Man's leaving. A.D. Mitchell's leaving. Jay Witt's, uh, you know, eligibility is exhausted. J.T. Sanders is going to leave. Yeah, probably all headed to the NFL. And yeah. you've seen projections of all three of those guys as first-round picks or top 50 picks I'm in sure the NFL. That was part, I'm sure that was part of the pitch. Like, hey, man, you realize all the guys who caught passes the last couple of years are going to be leaving. Maybe we'll get to see Isaiah Nayer next year. <laughs> playing for Texas. I mean, you would think. I mean, Dante this is a guy Cook, that, DeAndre got Moore. Caught, he got called double-digit touchdowns at yeah. Wyoming. Yeah, yeah. You got to think Wyoming was like, man, if you had been here, we had a good season this year. We're having a good year. If you had been here, we'd be got, way better. And you wonder if it's just one of those he's still not 100% back from the knee injury and he's just trying to build his explosive back. I don't know. We talked about that with Michael Gallup, uh, yeah. the Cowboys. Injury really hurt him. It set him back. It sure did. And then they brought in A.D. Mitchell. And yeah. A.D.'s going to play, and he's been an impact player, obviously. Uh, J.T. Sanders. X-Man, Jordan Whittington, all likely gone next year. That means uh, Wingo is in. Rod's got a rant coming up. Are we doing Cowboys related or something different today? Uh, we'll do NFL, just NFL related. Because you mentioned in your first rant that, uh, you, that you uncovered the story of the Cowboys may be interested in Patrick Sertain. Yeah, there's a oh, just report. I just put together like three different reports. There's reports that the Denver Broncos are looking to shop a Going lot of players. Cleaning. Fire sale going on, and Patrick Sertain is a part of that fire sale that they're listening to inquiries and trade uh, scenarios and, and possible trade options for him. And then I read a Mike Fisher report, and that was, by the, that was from Albert Breer of Sports Illustrated. Then I read a Mike Fisher report also of Cowboys Sports Illustrated saying that 
sources within the Cowboys organization love Patrick Sertain, like love. Use that term, love him. Um, and you, loved him all the way back to the draft That's what you, Yeah, and you pointed out that, that that was something that they liked all the way back to that draft where they were really high on both of those corners coming out, but Sertain was their guy. Uh, even over J.C. Horn and Michael Parsons. So that was actually separate. And then um, the Trevon Diggs injury. Remember, he just had surgery yesterday, successful surgery. So he's going to be back for 2024. But think about all the, not catastrophic, but all the really bad injuries. Maybe not back to full strength until this time next year. Yes, season-ending injuries you've had for the Cowboys with skill position guys, Michael Gallup, Tony Pollard. Have they come back gangbusters? Uh, initially, early on, no. They've taken a little bit of time. I think the assumption is that Trevon Diggs may also take a little bit of time. So all that in the mix. And Stephon Gilmore, remember, he's a he's a bridge. He's a gap player for you, right? He's just a temporary solution. He's in his you, 30s now. Yes, until you figure out what you're going to do long-term at that corner spot. Deron Bland now does have the lowest passer rating allowed in the NFL right now, so he's playing at a really high level. But you like him at the nickel, and maybe Patrick Sertain is your long-term answer at that other corner. He and Trevon Diggs in the future. Ty, you like that idea of Patrick Sertain, and what would you give up to get him? You're the Cowboys fan that uh, is most passionate about the boys. I'd give up a first-round pick. Oh, really? I, I think he uh, would, he think would solidify would... that defense right now. And I don't I think he expects Stephon Gilmore to come back next year. Well, and that's I right. I mean, and, and yep. th- then when you do get Diggs back, you've got tandem corners for the future. And as, as you said, in 2021 – the Cowboys had Patrick Hussain as their highest-rated defensive player, if you remember back to that. Yeah. And remember, they were disappointed when both J.C. Horn and Patrick Sertain went off the board before mm-hmm. they picked at 12, and that's when they took Micah Parsons. Because, I mean, it looks like a, um, you know, just a oh, that, light, that top 10. unbelievable pick. Because, yeah. remember, Micah Parsons was a very unproven player. He had yeah, remember really, they took that, that COVID year off. Yeah, he played one year mm-hmm. at Penn State, took showed the athleticism. Remember, in high school, he was a running back. He was a linebacker. Was an athlete. Uh, just a great athlete. And then he played one year at Penn State. Then he was off for the COVID year. Mm-hmm. Didn't play. So it was kind of you were drafting on the athleticism. They didn't see a lot of, a lot of tape. And that year, but that was the year coming out of COVID. And there were several guys, Jamar Chase, Panay Sewell, all guys that didn't play. Yeah. Uh, that that went went high, and you kind of had to roll the dice, and they're all good. I mean, Jamar Chase is an elite receiver in the league. Oh. Penny Sewell is one of the best tackles at, at Detroit, and uh, Micah Parsons is Micah Parsons. But the Cowboys loved, to your, to your point about Mike Fisher, loved Patrick Satane then, and you, you never lose your draft board. That's true. Your you draft keep board it. That's your, why when guys three years later, four years later, when their contract is up and say maybe they didn't work out with one team, you're like, hey, we were really high on yeah, them. That's, people yeah. always ask when you go to the combine, why do they interview every player? Because they keep a – dossier and a, a scouting report on every player Yep. because you might want to trade for them down the road just because you don't draft them doesn't mean they can't end up on your team someday. That's very and true. And if you get into trade talks, you got you have the full scouting report of what that player is at every level. And obviously, Patrick Sertain's a stud. I think that would be a mistake. I understand that, that not not from the Cowboys side, from the Denver Broncos, side, yeah. you just don't trade top ten corners like that. Again, not only in the top ten, he and J.C. Horn were the first two defensive players drafted in that draft. All seven before them or were, were offensive players, three quarterbacks, mm-hmm. two receivers, an offensive lineman, and Kyle Pitts was in that draft. So the, those were that's an elite player. And a premium uh, position. And and the Carolina Panthers could have gone either way. They could have gone Sertain or Horn, and he would have, Sertain at that point would have been the first defensive player off the board. That's how good he is. So, yes, if I'm the Cowboys, I'm going to be drafting in the 20s. I'd give up a number one pick to get him uh, to solidify this because you're playing for this year, and it's a long-term play. Yep. You're, you're, you're replacing Trevon Diggs with a, a similar caliber player. And Denver's going nowhere. But, I mean, if I'm Denver, I'm like, why, why, why would I, I – I know what you said. They want to get draft they, capital to yeah. go after the quarterback of the future. I get it. And he's probably their best asset. They traded Bradley Chubb last year exactly. to Miami. 
uh, and that was the previous regime. Now, you know, if you're going to unload, that's a good player right there. I he, think he is, be- but that's why you need to trade him because you're at the point now you've made you've made some mistakes as an organization, mainly the Russell Wilson contract. Yep. So you want to cut ties with Russell Wilson. You know that's going to happen in the next year or two. And when you cut ties with him, you want a franchise quarterback for the future. This is a really good quarterback draft. Sean Payton can do uh, – he can do more with less. He doesn't need a quarterback at the very top of the draft, the top quarterback in the draft, because Sean Payton is himself a quarterback guru. So he's going to do the research. He's going to do the deep dive and figure out which one of these quarterbacks that they should target or which ones, plural, they should target. And he needs draft picks so he can maneuver that first round, the draft, to go ready to find the guy and go get the guy they want. And that's why, yeah, you got to give up Patrick Sertain. And the only reason is because they're going to they're gonna have a lot of dead money associated with Russell Wilson. Uh. You, can't, you can't, I mean, you sign that kind of deal with a quarterback, he's supposed to be on your roster for five, six years. Man, he's going to be on this roster for like two years. And they're going to cut ties with him. That's a ton of dead money. So what's the cheapest way to compete in the NFL is to have a franchise quarterback on a rookie deal. They get that. That'll balance out that dead money, all right, that they, they're shelling out for Russell Wilson when they cut him or they'll try to trade him, but nobody's going to trade for Russell Wilson, not with that dollar figure attached to him. So when they end up cutting and releasing Russell Wilson, they at least balance out their, their cap a little bit with a really cheap quarterback for three or four years while they reorganize uh, and, and kind of uh, re- recalibrate that, ca- that salary cap. And, you know, you know you've got to pay uh, Patrick Sertain at 1.2. Like he's uh, – what year is he in his second year? So He's on the Micah Parsons track. Yeah, so you know, like, all right, I'm going to have to pay this dude in, in a that's year or so other, too. That's the only other That's why they like – yeah, we got to – we got to – why not trade him now, get an asset for him before we have to pay him. And right now we ain't in a position to pay anybody. Because we're going to spend a lot of dead money on a quarterback that's not even on our damn roster. Yeah, but you're in the in division with the Chiefs. I don't know if I'm, ta- I'm trading an elite corner. I'll sign the elite corner, and hopefully – because you can turn it pretty quick in the National Football League with a you couple can. of good drafts. But Seattle's you a, but done you a, it. But you need a quarterback to do it. You, you, ain't, going, you ain't going to turn it, right. you ain't going to turn it with an all-pro corner well, without but the, a quarterback. What you just said is why it might be a detriment to the Cowboys because they've already tra- signed Trayvon Diggs to a huge deal, and yeah. they've got to pay Micah coming up. Got to pay Micah. Uh, now this guy is going to be commensurate of yeah. a huge salary too. That's why it may not work. But if Dan Quinn says, no, no. We'll pay, pay the man. We can shut people down. Uh, but you still got Dak Prescott making a lot of money, quarterback. Uh, yeah. All right, this says Matthew McConaughey's ranch near San Angelo is called the Dos Pelotas Ranch, which in English translates to two balls. <laughs> two balls ranch. Okay. That's McConaughey rolls. Maybe that's where we're going Pelotas. here. Maybe that's where we're Dos going. Dos Pelotas. Two <laughs> balls. Uh, that's funny. That's funny. I didn't know that. That's pretty good. Uh, that is good. Uh, I, I did retweet the video, and you can't see much, but it is kind of cool. Matthew just always looks no, cool. It's, it's just like beautiful. everybody's going into tequila business, though. Every well, because George Clooney made a tequila. fortune. I know, but like George Clooney isn't his it buddies. a saturated market now? It's got to be. I mean, right? It's just like everybody's got a tequila. Well, and my friend uh, Charles Atal over at C3, he started his own tequila. Man. Yeah, man. It well, because people like place. tequila. The people, now, people do. I, the, I love the, tequila. You have the cat tequila. Yeah, my, my, go-to, tequila. my go-to spirit is tequila, pretty much. That's, I'm, that's I'm my a tequila wife's guy. tequila. I'm a Tito's guy. You're a Tito's I'm guy, a yeah. Tito's guy. No, Tito's is fantastic. But, see, I, oh, I drink Tito's, but if I had a go-to spirit, it'll be some tequila of some kind. I it's can usually t- Blanco. I'm not even. I, I can drink Tito's like it's water. That, that, I, I'm, I'm, that's probably not a good idea, Rod. I, well, I, mean, I, I, I don't. But, I mean, that's why I try to stay away from it. It's so it's smooth. Because you give me smooth. a it's handle like, of Tito's. It's like Kool-Aid. It's yeah. like Kool-Aid for you. Oh, yeah. It's too smooth. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah, it's too smooth for you. That's too good. That's basically what it is. <laughs> that's a compliment to Tito's. You see the story the other day that uh, Motley Crue drummer T, uh, Tommy Lee confirmed that it is worst. He was going through two, two handles no. of vodka per day. 
Yeah, just like Rod. Just like Ty just said. He's like, man, I, he just goes down. He's I, drinking two handles of Tito's per watch, day. You've watched that show Intervention? Yes. On the back of the day. That's, that's intervention type stuff where sure you see is. people like, like, man, you need to intervene. That's crazy. Like, how long did that last? Because it couldn't have lasted that long because, I mean, that's just. Well, that's, that just means you're getting up. Suicide, and that's the first essentially. Thing you drink, right? You're dumping Tito's in your orange juice. Oh. You're dumping Tito's and everything, and it's all day. You're just Alcohol drunk all day. in the morning before you brush your teeth. You're just drunk all day. Wow. Hair of the dog. I don't know how you do it. Hair of the dog, yeah. Well, that's wow. that's the cycle of an alcoholic is you feel so terrible you got to get yourself back up, and it's just mm. ongoing yeah, uh, for sure. But, yeah, he needed help. Intervention, that one's that's a brutal show. It is a brutal show. I I don't know why one time I started watching a lot of intervention. I have no well, my idea wife why. loves those shows. Like I anything know. that is like – she's in counseling, right? She's in counseling. Oh, so the trauma stuff. That's like her major that, yeah. was counseling. Now she's a you know director of special ed. But So she likes helping people. So it's just like the, the great big fat person show. The, oh, yeah. My 500-pound no life or whatever. My, yeah, yeah. my six. The, the one with the two sisters even, is the best. Yes. She's like, order, <laughs> like hoarders. She loves hoarders. Anything that's like a, like a mental oh, issue. Oh, yeah. I've watched hoarders, too, for a while. Her favorite show forever was uh, big, The Biggest Loser. Yes, that was a popular one. I didn't watch that one. That was kind one. of inspiring, right? Yeah, would, yeah. I haven't watched. I didn't watch that one actually. There was a competitive um, element one, to that one, though. So it was. More, it was kind of like yeah. A, and they, and they, okay. in the end, they they look better, and oh my gosh, look how great they look, and then they go get fat again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're not working out every day. And they go get fat again. Yeah, because they only work it out because they got a trainer there with them the whole time. Oh, 24/7. The pressure of TV, cooking, pressure, for them. yeah, and all that kind of stuff. And then when they get back to their regular life, they got to go to work every day, and they yeah. go back to eating like crap and yeah, all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a life. You know who did that? If, this is not to be judgmental. It's just observations, which is what our show is all about. Uh, Damian Woody on ESPN. He was on that show. Remember oh, him? was he? Really? Yeah, and he lost a ton of weight. And he looked great. And now he's, if you watch ESPN, he's gained a lot of it back. Oh, no, yeah. Damian Woody, he's a teammate of mine with the Detroit is, Lions, I believe. Yeah, good dude. Lalo Tequila, too damn smooth. George Strait has a tequila company, too. See? And I believe it all started with George Clooney. George I think Clooney right. and his buddies and out in Hollywood, they started this for record. They wanted to make a cool tequila as kind of a hobby. And all of a sudden, it was, I think it was Casa Amigos, right? Yeah, right. And it's my favorite. It got so popular, and they sold it like for like a billion, billion dollars. Yeah, and everybody was like, I want to do that. Yeah, let's do that. Let's do that. <laughs> that's, 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 that's do what George Clooney did. Then George Clooney kind of – he sort of just only acted when he wants to act. He only just picked well, roles about, every now and then. He doesn't have to act anymore. Well, think about Tito <laughs> Beveridge from, from the University of Texas and right here in Austin. He started a small vodka company, and it's now the largest spirit in the world. And his was done literally just off the, the meritocracy – well, it's just a good vodka because he went to all like the the different contests and the di- right. Yeah. You go to all these different it's, contests it, around the they country. They still distill it right the, here at the same place, yeah. right here down by down by where the hopefully the, the, the tornado that came through, yeah. right down that way. And, and uh, people would taste airport. it and be like, "It's a, this this vodka blind test," and be like, "This vodka is the it's best." Amazing. Vodka. It's amazing. You know, it's like I, blind tasting. It's the number one being, selling vodka in Russia. If that tells you anything. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like it, it's, it's it's crazy. Like, it's straight up. It's the, the number one selling spirit in the world. It's unbelievable. Of any kind. I mean, to think about it, it started 20 some years ago, right here in Austin. I'm always amazed of how many how many things have started in Austin that have blown up like that, like Yeti coolers. Um, Gosh, what's her name? The the jewelry lady. Um, Oh, uh, Tom Herman's girl. Kendra Scott. Kendra Scott. Kendra Scott. Tom Herman's girl. You can't say that on the radio. You can't say stuff like that on the radio. That's not true. That's for rumor. Uh, But Kendra Scott. That's rude. Um, But yes, I mean these these are all local companies that have gone international right they're huge now and tito is a great example uh, at the university of texas Very hey true. uh can we get rod g- giving us a rant we need some good stuff today rod only like rod can do it 
Rod's Rant of the Day is brought to you by Apple Leasing, the easiest and safest way to get a new car. Any make, any model. Click AppleLeasing.com and experience how easy it is. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. Find out what happens when people stop being polite and start getting real. You ain't keeping it real. My God, okay, it's happening. Everybody stay calm. Oh, oh you've done it now. It's time for Rod's Rant of the Day. Hold on to your butt. All right, you guys know I've been uh, talking about how the scoring in the NFL is down, and it's you know different factors, right, that contribute to that. It's multifactorial, but uh, you're talking about you know the red zone scoring is down, red zone touchdown rate lowest since 2011, um, red zone efficiency is down, points per game per team lowest since 2018, touchdown percentage lowest since 2008, as well as yards per attempt lowest since 2008, yards per completion lowest ever all time. Uh, and, and like I said, a lot of reasons for this. We talked about one of the reasons, I think, is because the defensive backs. You talked about Patrick Sertain. I think it's a, go, a golden era of young DBs. Think about all the great young DBs you have. We're just talking about Deron Bland leading the NFL in, pa- in uh, passer rating allowed. Uh, he was a mid-round pick for the Dallas Cowboys in his, what, second year. You got J.C. Horn, Patrick Sertain, all these really good you – know, uh, Sauce Gardner made all pro as a rookie. Just really good young DBs who were – I think, you know, they, they were evolved and developed in a new era of modern offense where the offense doesn't have all the advantages it once did because these players are – they've, they've been acclimated to this era of football and adapted to this era of football and adapted very well. <laughs> so I think it's kind of evolutionary adaptation of defense, which is catching up personnel-wise uh, and even scheme-wise a little bit to what, what the offense are doing. That's a separate issue. Also, I brought up quarterback injuries, right? Uh, we are now, what, week eight in the NFL? Guys, once Brock – because Brock Purdy is probably not going to start this week. So Sam Darnold's probably going to start there. Concussed. Yep. Uh, and that, that, they said Jordan Hicks actually is the one that hit him. And you wonder, he threw two picks in the fourth quarter, and you wonder if he wasn't all there when he threw two picks in the fourth quarter of that game. Based on the play that they – they believe it's a quarterback sneak. Based on the play that they believe was the uh, – where the injury occurred, they said both of the picks came after that play. Yep. And I think they've tracked, like, his passer rating drops, like all statistical categories drop uh, precipitously after that play. Um, and that's weird that nobody on the sideline noticed concussion symptoms. Though. They didn't notice concussion symptoms until he got on the plane. And then he started vomiting and stuff like that. Like, Headache, man, vomiting, yeah. I'm gonna need y'all to pay more attention to yeah. your quarterback. He had he had to have some symptoms, though. Come on now, who's Did somebody's looking the, at him in his face the there? He made. <laughs> what was this exactly? <laughs> right, you right should have been. Yeah, you, had, you had to have a conversation when he came to the sideline. He had to have some symptoms, so that's a little troubling. But I digress. That'll end up being the ninth team e that's using a backup quarterback already, already. Already, we're at the point now with damn near a, a third, third of the teams. Yeah. Third of the teams have used a backup, and you got two uh, teams that have already used third-string quarterbacks. Uh, the Raiders have gotten to Brian Hoyer already. The uh, the Browns, you've talked about Deshaun Watson and the conspiracy theory about you know, whether he wants to play and his injury. If there's an injury, uh, they they're on their third. They hit their third-string quarterback already. Doing PJ Walker and Dorian Thompson uh, Robinson. Now they're back to PJ Walker. So. You got a lot of backup quarterbacks. That also, I think, is contributing to the low scoring. Now, what's the reason for the backup quarterbacks being in there? And I don't know if this is, a, this is a chicken or the egg situation. So football theory, I'm trying to answer this question about the scoring. And then while I was rabbit-holing, I go where the evidence takes me. And the evidence took me to sacks. And how about this stat? NFL sack rate in 2023, you had 7.08%. Um, that is the highest sack rate since 
Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Highest sack rate since 1998, which was 7.23%. Now, we talked about the offense, right? Passing touchdowns at a 15-year low, yards per game, 15-year low. Offensive turnovers, actually, are at a nine-year high in the NFL, but sack rate actually may be at a 23-year high, potentially. We talk about maybe the highest sack number in close to 25 years. We take the Giants and the Commanders even out. of. By the way, the Giants and the Commanders, they are the leading culprits here. Uh, Giants have allowed 37 sacks. The Commanders have let Sam Howell be sacked 40 times. It's the second most sacks in the NFL through week seven for one team. Remember, remember David Carr? Yeah, I know you do because he was a Texan and he was the most sacked quarterback in a season ever. Um, he was sacked 43 times was the most times he was sacked through week seven. And Sam Howell's at 40. So Sam Howell is on pace, especially with 17 games now, people, to break the all-time record for a quarterback being sacked. He's on pace for a 97. The record is 76. It's ugly. And, you know, Mahomes is, you know, look at him. And some quarterbacks, they can, you know, guard against this. They're just really good at it. Mahomes, even though the sack rate's really high, his sack rate right now is 2.6%. So what we're figuring out about sacks is it's a quarterback stat. Going back to a lot of backup quarterbacks playing, a lot of young quarterbacks playing, and young quarterbacks, backup quarterbacks, inexperienced quarterbacks, uh, lower-level quarterbacks, they give up more sacks or get sacked more. Because higher-level quarterbacks can avoid sacks is what we're figuring out in the analytical era. <clears throat> and if you go look at it, sacks have been around since, what, 1982. They became an official stat, 1982, which is not that long. And in 1982, which was a strike-shortened season, by the way, your sack rate was 7.82. Uh, because you had a lot of bad quarterbacks in there because it was a strike-shortened season. So you had a really high sack rate. Sack rate the next year, 1983, went to 7.96%. And then in 1984, it was probably as high as it's ever been at 8.4% overall average sack rate in the league. By the way, that also is when Dan Marino set the passing record, 5,084 yards and 48 touchdowns. He did that in one of the highest sack rate seasons in NFL history. (laughs) So that's how much of a badass Dan Marino is. But Dan Marino has something, even though he was a statue in the pocket, that guarded against uh, sack rates and pressure. He had his quick release, and which shows us also that sack that the sack rate is also more of a quarterback stat, because if you go look at mobile quarterbacks, right? Everybody assumes, oh, they're mobile quarterbacks. How are they getting all these sacks with mobile quarterbacks that can move around? You're right. There are more mobile quarterbacks now in the NFL than there, there have ever been. You had more design runs last season for quarterbacks than scrambles. So you've got more quarterbacks that can move around. But what the stats have actually told us is that. Mobile quarterbacks actually get sacked at a higher rate than pocket-passing quarterbacks. Like, go check it out. Michael Vick. Michael Vick's sack rate, 8.9% sack rate. Um, You go look at Peyton Manning. He never had a higher sack rate than 5%. The NFL average sack rate since 1982 has been 6.7%. 
All right, you go look at Dan Marino, his quick release. He was only sacked 270 times. John Elway, very mobile quarterback, sacked 516 times. <laughs> Fran Tarkenton, who was one of the original uh, dual-threat quarterbacks that can run around, 570 sacks. He's got the record for sacks <laughs> because he moved around a lot. You know, Peyton Manning had that one season where he had the lowest sack uh, rate ever, which was 3.13%, and that shows you. And he's, a, he's a statue in a pocket. So was Dan Marino. That shows us that just because you're mobile as a quarterback, just because you can run as a quarterback, it doesn't make you uh, less susceptible to sacks. As a matter of fact, you may be actually more exposed to sacks as a mobile quarterback. That's what the analytics tell us. But right now, sacks have increased. How about this? Sacks have increased by at least 0.3 percentage points for the first time ever three years in a row. It has never happened in NFL history where the sack, where the sack rate has increased by at least 0.3% three years in a row. And I think the reason for it is quarterback injuries. Remember we talked about this last season? Last season you set a record for the number of quarterbacks that ended up playing because of quarterback injuries. You had 68 different starting quarterbacks in 2022. 21 teams relied on multiple starting quarterbacks. 13 teams had to rely on a third-string quarterback. We even saw in the playoffs, teams have to rely on second-string and third-string quarterbacks like the Miami Dolphins, like the Baltimore Ravens, like the San Francisco 49ers. So I think a lot of that – now, I'm not sure if it's the chicken or the egg, E. I'm not sure if the, the sacks have caused the quarterback injuries. All the quarterback injuries and playing a lot of backups as a result have led to more sacks. I'm not sure which one it is. Well, I also think there's the combination of lesser offensive line play because I don't think they hit enough in practice these days. And I think, you know, teams are putting a premium on pass rush. And, you know, finding those elite pass rushers has become a premium position, right? It's not – you know, that is the number one goal you're looking for in defense because if it's a passing league, your only way to stop it is to disrupt the pass, disrupt the passing game. Either with cornerbacks, like we talked about with Patrick Sertain, or you got to hit the quarterback. You just do. I mean, if not, if you let them stand back there, they're going to pick you apart. Uh, but I think it's a combination of all those things you just said. And I also I, the offensive line play is not as good as it's been. No, it's terrible. And that's actually. why teams like Philadelphia yeah. and then when healthy San Francisco and Detroit kind of stand out because their offensive lines are really good. And there you are, the top five in offense, and they're you know their quarterbacks play really well because they get protected well, uh, and those guys move the pile. There's just a lot of teams that don't. No, I agree with you. And I think your point about the offensive line play is astute because um, with the new CBA, you have less time to practice. You have less padded practices, so less physical practice. So they can't work their technique. The bad offensive linemen that are out there, they can't work their technique and fundamentals as much. So they're not as sharp. You have fewer preseason games, so they don't get a chance to hit even in the preseason. So they're sloppier to start the season. And then that leads to quarterbacks being exposed to injury and quarterbacks getting hit more. And then that leads to quarterback injuries. And I think because of what you said about offensive line play, defenses are blitzing more. How about this? Defenses are blitzing uh, through the first seven weeks of the season over, on average, over not damn near 30% of the time. It's over 29% of the time. Um, you have the Minnesota Vikings who are blitzing 56% of the time. New England, 42%. Uh, Giants at 41%. Tampa Bay at 38%. I think the reason they are doing that is just like you said, they realize these offensive lines, they cannot handle uh, a, a tremendous pass rush, and they're deciding to up the ante a little bit and come after these offensive linemen and come after these quarterbacks too. Rod's Rant, good stuff right there. Deep dive football talk as we get it ready for football week eight tonight. It's the NFL. You'll have the uh, Bills at home, kind of a weird enigma kind of team. They, they can beat the best teams and look like the best team in the league, and then they'll turn around and lose to the Patriots and the Jets. Josh Allen ha- owns losses this year to 
Mac Jones and Zach Wilson. That's not good. Uh, they're four and three. Of course, the three and three Tampa Bay Buccaneers are opponent tonight in Buffalo. We come back. Uh, we'll pick up these conversations. Plus, before the end of the hour, a little round of who said that? Who said? And we that? roll on. It is a Thursday on Hook 'Em Up. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, Hook 'Em Up. One hundred one nine AM twelve sixty. The Horn. Hooking you up on Hook'em Up, man. How about uh, tonight out at Backspin South location? Where's the Backspin in uh, Dripping Springs area, too, Belterra. But we're going to be at the Slaughter Lane location, Belterra's Backspin Bar and Grill. Uh, Rod and I will be there 5-7 to seven tonight. 5-7 to seven are, of course, when the Longhorns are at home, which they haven't been in a month. We hang out with our friends from Brown Distributing and have some ice-cold Bud Lights and get you ready for Thursday night football while giving away cool prizes and uh, college football tickets, Rod. College football oh, tickets shizzle. tonight nice. at Backspin Bar and Grill. Come on out. And you and I join Patrick Davis, normally a solo show for him on uh, from 5 to 7 on the Sports Complex. We'll join him. And uh, I'm sure a lot of talk tonight about uh, Sark, who will have a media availability at 11 today, his weekly Thursday Zoom and we'll get the very latest on the quarterbacks this week in practice. Of course, Malik Murphy and Arch Manning, uh, latest on the injury situation. And so we'll be talking about that for sure this afternoon. But uh, good spot, South Austin, if you're in that Circle C area where you live, Rod, right off of uh, you know Mopac there. It's a good spot. Come out to backspin. We'll be there 5 to 7 this evening. Uh, all right, look at this, Rod. You know, Del Diamond is, you know, we know we have a professional bull riding team here in Austin, mm-hmm. Texas right now. The Austin Gamblers, who unfortunately finished runners-up. And we know there is a passion for the sport of bull riding in Central Texas and all over the great state. And how about this? Coming up November 10th and 11th, they've just announced Bulls in the ballpark are coming back to Dell Diamond. Nice. And this is going to be the toughest Cowboys facing off against the rowdiest Bulls. Uh, it is really cool. They're going to be competing for about $37,000 a night. And we've got the uh, CEO of Rodeo Austin, Glenn Allen, on the show with us. Glenn, how are you? Welcome to the program. We appreciate you doing it. Oh, we're doing great. Thank you all for hosting us. We hope everybody comes to see us November 10th and 11th. Uh, it's really cool. If you've seen the way they transform the Dell Diamond, talk about how that uh, project works. But, man, it is, it's a cool location to get it outdoors and usually cools down. The temperatures are great to be out watching some great bull riding coming up November 10th and 11th. Oh, you bet. You bet. Um, and with our partners there with Round Rock uh, Express and the Dell Diamond, it's a very unique setting for uh, bull riding to uh, come to an in- intimate uh, atmosphere and uh, baseball field and see something that's really unique. Uh, but, you know, it's a partnership working with the Dell Diamond folks and converting a baseball field into a bull riding arena. Hey, Glenn, uh, it says you're going to have some uh, showcasing some of the top bull riders uh, in the world, I'm assuming, some of these guys. Uh, who are some of these showcase performers? What names should I know about some of these stars that are going to be on display? Well, it's our um, entries are, are just now going on right now to see who will be applying. But when we get into the world of PRCA and professional bull riding, there's no doubt that uh, Stetson Wright um, is the uh, defending uh, all-around world uh, world champion uh, within the PRCA and is leading the bull riding standings leading up to the national finals rodeo. Uh, Kai Hamilton um, is currently setting in second. Uh, we have multi-time world champion uh, Sage Kimsey, and, and some of those guys are probably the, the most prominent names that we have out there uh, within the PRCA in, in current standings. 
Hey, uh, Glenn, you heard me mention Austin Gamblers in the profession of the PBR. Uh, what's what's that been like for you guys with, at Rodeo Austin and obviously this event? I mean, just uh, I was at the event down at the Moody Center this past uh, August, at the end of August, and it was packed, sellout crowds, uh, obviously a huge passion for bull riding. That's got to be great for you guys that there, there's so much interest in this sport now, and it just seems to grow uh, by the day. Oh, no doubt about it. And Austin Gamblers are, uh, in my opinion, probably the, the premier uh, PBR bull riding team that is out there across the country. I think uh, just a tremendous staff. They put together a great team. But for us in Austin, uh, we just think anything that helps uh, Western culture, helps the sport of rodeo and bull riding, uh, uh, is nothing but positive for both Rodeo Austin and the Austin Gamblers. You know, Glenn, one of the things I uh, I find fascinating because uh, recently we've been learning more and more about the sport is the ranking of the bulls. And uh, the, the, the Bulls themselves, that they have rankings as well. Um, who is the who's the bad mama jamma that's going to be out there uh, at this <laughs> event? Who, 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 where are the highest ranked Bulls that are going to be out there? Well, for us, um, you know, there, there, there's quite a few really good Bulls out there uh, within the world right now. Uh, Butler and Son uh, Rodeo is our uh, stock contracting firm, and uh, and they'll bring in some of the best Bulls that, that are out there. Uh this past year in 2022 20, uh, at the National Finals Rodeo, Butler and Son Rodeo had the uh, what was ranked as the uh, best bull of the entire NFR this past year. Um, we're a little far out as far as knowing whether that bull will come or not, but I can guarantee you with uh, Butler and Son Rodeo, you'll see some of the best bucking bulls in the world. Uh, it's Bulls in the Ballpark out at Dell Diamond. Also feature rodeo specialty acts, fireworks, mutton busting, which is mutton always great busting. for the kids. It's one of my favorite things to see. Uh, both nights is November 10th and 11th. Glenn Allen is with us. Rodeo Austin in conjunction with our friends at the Dell Diamond. Uh, Chris Almondaris and the team of the Round Rock Express. Very, very cool. And we know, Glenn, that uh, Rodeo Austin will be here before you know it, right? Coming up in the spring. So I'm um, no uh, activities being planned for that as well. This is a good way to launch it and get people fired up because uh, that will be rolling back in coming up uh, March, I imagine, right? You bet. You bet. We're uh, we're targeted for March. Uh, we're we're gearing up right now. We're in the middle of getting all the details worked out. Rodeo Austin will be March 8th through the 23rd. So we invite everybody to there come out, go. both Bulls in the ballpark, as well as Rodeo Austin. Thank you, Glenn. Uh, November 10th and 11th. If you just want to go to our website, hornfm.com or cokefm.com. Both websites have great stuff where you can uh, get, figure out more about tickets and details, and hopefully we'll be giving away some tickets here on the shows uh, to Bulls in the Ballpark, November 10th and 11th. Dell Diamond coming at you fast, and uh, some of the toughest Cowboys in the world facing some of the rowdiest Bulls. It's going to be great. Two nights in a very intimate environment. Great scene if you've seen the, the, the past events there. Hey, Glenn, thanks so much. We appreciate it. We'll get folks out there. Can't wait to see it. Thanks, Glenn. Hey, thank, thank you all very much. Look forward to seeing everyone. All right, there it is, Glenn Allen. He is the CEO of Rodeo Austin. Busy guy. A lot going on with that whole deal. Uh, yeah, that's a pretty cool event. I, I didn't realize they do that. It's an annual thing now, right? Is yeah, because it's been so successful. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I know it was you an know, annual it's thing. It's kind of like, cool. like uh, PBR down at the Moody Center. People come from all over. I mean, they come. I mean, there's so many ranches and make you go east out to taylor oh, and beyond yeah. and i mean the there's rodeo so many. community in the rodeo oh, culture, western yeah. culture is it's, huge. It's, it's, yeah you don't realize there's an event and you go damn well, it, well <laughs> and the dell diamond is such a you know perfect location because people come you know from all over between here and in houston right all the ranches and here west here to east texas and mm-hmm. then north up towards waco just so many nice cowboy spot. fans and you yeah. get to see the bull riding the best bulls you get to get up so close to it it's really cool because you get some good seats and you're right there uh, in the Dell Diamond. It is fun nice to watch event. up close. I'm not going to lie. I mean, it's, it's fun to watch them show on TV too, but it's, what, it's one of those sports where 
man, I don't know if the television, I don't know if it translates as well as it should. No, having been pretty close, right? <laughs> I, I was in the uh, in the in the box. It's intense, man. This is not bragging, but JJ Gotch. Oh yeah, you brag about he, it. <laughs> he, he had me in his in, right next to the owner's box, right nice. there, and it's where they come out of the shoot run. I've got some oh. videos that I sent to the station there. It's unbelievable. Yeah, you're you're. It's like feels like you're standing next to a car wreck. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, you're like, oh my gosh. And it's just you're in you. And, just, all, and somebody's riding the car wreck. Yeah, you're, you're so anxious because <laughs> it just feels like something bad's gonna happen all the time. You just and then when they when they you know when they ride the bull and they you know the buzzer goes off oh. and they celebrate it's just it really is intense it is an this? intense sport to watch and, and observe I, and I know this is a different event with bulls in the ballpark but very similar <laughs> but because we went on Friday night um, just for a minute uh, and then we were back on Sunday yeah and on Sunday that's when we were in the, in the owner's box and right next to us was Michael Dell who's now oh. part owner of the Austin Gamblers nice and that makes sound investments uh, yeah yeah <laughs> and so. But the guy there, there was a guy there on Friday night who got injured. Like he went up and kind of came down, Ooh. like the the ball, the the bull bucked him up, and he came down and he kind of folded up like a lawn chair. It was went airborne. Airborne. Oh man, he was probably he was above us. And those guys are lighter too because they're small, so well, he Rodney, the bull. He kind of crunched, Ooh. and he he came this close to breaking his back. Like literally, they they had to take him off on a stretcher. There he was Sunday in the owner's box with this big brace on, just sitting there watching it, man. Guy's tough as nails. No, they all are. They're no, tough. they're, they're like, tough damn. as hell, and they got scones inside of smart cars. I and, mean. and he said, you know, you're like, hey, you going to keep going? He's all, oh, man, I'll be back. I'll be back. I'm like, dude. The testicular fortitude yeah, those dudes. in that sport, I agree. I'm with you, man. I Even why people say football is dangerous. Uh, football ain't got nothing on bull riding. Hey, I would not do that. I don't, you couldn't pay me enough, honestly. I don't know if they can pay me enough. That is no passion. Good. No good. Hold on. Hold If you grow up riding bulls and riding then horses. Then it's no big thing little, for you. It, it, it seems People say the same thing, thing about football, I guess. Like, that's what we think. Oh, man. I would try that's it. That's me, right? Ty would, would try it. I would yeah, at least Ty try, try it. No, that's dangerous. If you're not a trained professional, don't do it. It's like – Trying to go out and people talk like, would you take a punch from Mike Tyson or would you try to That's tackle? Exactly right. Is would it you is... get tackled by Ray Lewis yeah. in his prime? Like, no, Come no, on. you get killed. You, <laughs> you will die. You will die. I'm pretty. Yes. I'm, I'm pretty yeah. I always say. I'm pretty bendy and nimble, though. I feel like I can. All right. Can, well, oh, okay. Man, we'll try that, Ty. We'll get you out there then. I, I will, can arrange that with Glenn Allen. You know how his phone number. Don't do it. You could Don't be in the road. Maybe you could be a rodeo clown. You know those guys oh. that jump in the barrels. Now that that I actually think Ty could do really well because Ty's got Ty's got some scones. He's got now. some skills. He's got some scones and some skills. He <laughs> might get gored, but you know that's what that going to do. Yeah, these guys are up on these bulls, and these bulls are like jumping up and down in the chute. Like they are, they are, and they're they're bouncing you around. They're throwing you into the gate. You're like. You're going to ride this damn You're thing? You're going to ride this thing. That's yeah. crazy. They, exactly. All right, we'll see if Ty can do that. That's November 10th and 11th. We'll get Ty out there. We'll make that happen. That'll be kind of fun. All right, we'll come back. <laughs> when we do, it's uh, Who Said That uh, into our fabulous fifth hour. Who said that? Who said that? Who said that? Hey, it's Who Said That. We play audio. You decide who it is, and then we get to talk about it. That's what's fun. It's easy. But uh, Who Said That is a feature before the 10 o'clock hour coming up. Hey, Rock, can I play something for you? You tell me who it is. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's play that one I just sent you there, T.Y. Uh, you'll probably get this. Here we go. Of course. But, uh, you know, it would have been perfect with a win. Of course, uh, I want to give the best show to the fans, and uh, especially in, in, in here, San Antonio, and in France. But, uh you know, it's it's still my job. I still got responsibilities towards my my coach and my teammates. So, really, it's it's not what matters. I wasn't frustrated because of that. You know, it's uh, as I said before, we're learning. It's only our, <clears throat> our first regular season game together. You know, we're gonna watch film and and maybe this this happened, but uh, and 
if you know if if we notice it on the film, the coaches and and ourselves, the players will you know, will, will make whatever it takes you know to to get better. There you go. There you go, Rod. That's easy. That's Wimby. Wimby. That's my man, Wimby. Yeah, foul trouble last night. Uh, he still yeah. scored nine points in the fourth, ended up with 15, but the star was Luca. That's not surprising. Luca's already one of the best two to three players on the planet. So one day Wemby may get there, but uh, it was still fun to see last night. Oh, yeah. Kind of a must-see event. And uh, the foul trouble diminished it, so he was on the bench quite a bit, had five fouls when the game was over, had five turnovers. But if you're in the NBA, you got to love that. You're trying to make your regular season have more must-watch games, and then you had a must-watch one for a lot of America for Wemby. Versus yeah. Luca, yeah. and it basically is what they're trying to do. Why they got the in-game tournament and I, and they're trying to throw out there, and, and Wemby brings the world, right? He brings. That's a great point. And they trying. They're trying to go more international with their brand. Wemby brings yeah. the world, and the it's like Tiger Woods, the Tiger Woods effect, right? Tiger Woods mm-hmm. took golf from just golfers, and golf fans watched it, and they even they would kind of just watch the majors. Yeah. All of a sudden, you watched every time Tiger played. Yep. It, Tiger was must see television, especially if, on a Sunday. If Shohei can ever make the playoffs, he would do that for baseball. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But they, well, the Angels could make instead the baseball, baseball, but. Instead, the baseball gets the Diamondbacks with the no-name <laughs> yeah, roster. Exactly, the <laughs> Who are these guys? Yeah, there you go. Uh, okay. Um, hey, Ty, can you pull the first cut I've sent you today? It is uh, the first one I sent today. I think that's the one – that I think I'd rather have first. That's a good one, and it's very relevant. Here we go. All right, who said that? Every week there's different obstacles, Josh. Whether you got three running backs, teams have to prepare for our three running backs, right? So it's whoever has the hot hand. Again, maybe I'll have to go tell Raves that, hey, how'd you got the hot hand? I'm going to give him 50. That was not the Sorry. requested one. Uh, that was that's not on the me. first That's one. on me. Yeah. Okay, no worries. Who said that? Who said that? I don't know who that was. Um, that was um, actually the uh, that was Arthur Smith, okay, head, head coach, coach of the, of the Atlanta Falcons. Bijan Robinson supposed to be back. This yes, week. Uh, he's he's been addressing the outrage about Bijan Robinson missing time and him not being carry. transparent on injury report and that kind of stuff. Um, okay, so Ty, did you did you got the right one now? It's uh, college football head coach. No, no, okay. no but uh, it was. The first one I sent you today? You don't have that one? Okay, just play anyone. It doesn't matter. Play yeah. anyone. He made the decision he thought was right, but are you aware that there could be ramifications? People locally, they're going to be really ticked off, and we know how crazy college fans can be. Signing day, December the 20th. You never know what can happen. Signing day, December the 20th. You just never know what can happen by then. So you're saying you'll ex- still accept Mizzou's recruitment? Yes, sir. Um, yes, sir, for sure. I mean, I was, I mean, I, I mean, I obviously accept it. Um, but like I said, I'm locked in with Texas right now, so you know, it is. I mean, obviously they can recruit me still, but I'm locked in with Texas right now, so. Yes, sir. Brian, did you say it's etched in stone? Um, yeah, kind of. Yeah, it, it is. Um, but like I said, if they still want to recruit me, I'm not gonna turn them down just because they've been recruiting for so long. All right, there's Ryan right. Wingo. Who said that? Ryan Wingo. Uh, the first one is his dad. Uh, actually, I believe his dad was the one that said, uh, you know, yeah, still open, still open December 20th <laughs> is when we sign officially. So I think he's just like, hey, man, make me another offer. Annie. Yeah, up make, the make the offer. It's, it's NIL world we live in. So maybe that was his way of saying that's illegal, though, Rod. Make me make me an offer. That's, well, that's illegal, though, Rod. Well, for dad, it's not. For his son, it is. <laughs> <laughs> the son can't talk to dad to do whatever he wants and to do. Ryan Wingo sounds like a 17 year old who's indecisive, like a lot of 17 year olds are. But he yeah. committed to Texas yesterday. He's, he from, Missouri he's from Missouri. And, and that was the University of Missouri. So all the media there is mostly yes. from Missouri, and they're like, why didn't you go to Missouri? Yeah, exactly. Would you still go to Missouri? 
Uh, all right, uh, let me play you one more, Rod. This one's interesting. I, I, I want to hear this, too, because uh, we finally get our answer on if a guy's going to retire or not. Earlier yesterday, after they had won Game 7, I texted Tori Lovello telling him congratulations. He just wrote me back right before the show. He said, thank you, Alana. It was a great moment for this entire organization. Also, please tell your co-host we are waiting for his next move, his next opinion, his next job title. So somebody said he was retiring, even though you said it's just the radio. The Arizona Diamondbacks expect somebody else to be sitting in your seat. Uh, listen. I did this this morning here uh, on uh, ESPN. If you want to send me to the Caribbean for the rest of my life, I'll miss the radio and I'll miss the TV and I will miss the daily interaction with sports. But that is not a bad deal. But remember, now Stephen A said, I don't want to hear it. When you say you're retiring, you can't separate them. So he's got a fair point there because I'm trying to separate it. I said the retirement yeah. on Sirius X. It does. Okay, so are you going to give up? Are you? Okay, is oh, Mad Dog going to retire or not? He's being very okay. So now he's saying he's only going to retire from Sirius XM Radio. He said he said it on Sirius XM, so that's what he was referring to his Sirius XM show, not his local radio so show. So is New he York. retiring from the Sirius XM show? No, he's not going to retire. Well, then what the hell are you bringing it's it up for? Loudmouth Yankee <laughs> yeah, fan. Right? You're just talking. You're talking about. You basically you're you're someone who's writing checks that your butt can't catch. That's exactly right. That's All right, exactly come right. on, man. Don't be sad if you ain't going to do it. At least he should have retired for like a week. He should be like, you know what? I will retire. I'll retire until the World Series is over. There you go. That's how you don't welch on the bet. You can't welch because that's Mad Dog Chris Russo who said during the NLCS, if the Diamondbacks actually win the series, he'll retire. Yeah. And Tori Lovello, the manager of the Diamondbacks, reminded him. Hey, man. Thank you, sir. You said you was going to retire. Hey, man. You can retire and then come back out of retirement. But you need to retire. Yeah, George Strait's done it like ten times. Exactly. Brett Favre has done it a lot too. <laughs> Be a man of your word and retire first, and then you can come and back. At least take like six months off. Just take a few days off, a week off, something. Hey, we'll be back. It'll be the fabulous fifth hour on a Thursday, rolling forward. Hook 'em up with Ian Rodby.